All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let us pray. Father, I praise you. Father, just the victory of, of these kiddos getting dedicated today is huge. Uh, God, I'm so proud of those parents. Um, love those families. And uh, Father, I just ask again that you be with them. Uh, and Father, to, to, to give me the discernment as their pastor to know when they need that help. Uh, Father, this world's tough. Uh, it's really tough on our kids now. So again, Father, I have no doubt that these, these families are going to need all the help they can get. And I just need them to know and understand they've got an entire church that has their back. Uh, Father, I thank you for the message that you've given me today. And uh, I need your help. Uh, Father, I, I, I need you to take out all my pride. Father, in this moment, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, again, take away my pride, my selfishness, my anger, my lack of confidence. Father, and again, I need you to replace it today, Father. I need you to replace it really just with your love, with this whole sermon. Um, I just need people to see that. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. A Christian's greatest problem, again, is not Satan. It's not sin. We've been talking about this the last few weeks. The Christian's greatest problem, again, that we talked about this, Satan obviously comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We know that. But there's a huge problem that Christians have. And we're going to look at that in Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Again, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the lack of knowledge that you have is what's causing him to come in and attack you and actually win those battles. The more knowledge that you gain from the Bible and from this church and from the Holy Spirit, the more you'll be equipped to fight Satan when those battles do come. And Christian warriors, I need you to know they will come. This week, we're going to continue this sermon series uh, entitled, What Every Christian Ought to Know. In the last couple of weeks, we have discussed these topics that every Christian ought to know. If you could pull those up for me, Nick. So far, we've done the Bible is the true word of God. Every Christian ought to know what seasons are in a Christian life, how you should give to the church, the difference between the old and new law. Those four questions we have knocked out. Uh, there have been a lot of other questions that have uh, come up. Again, some of these questions I'm not going to preach on, and I'll tell you why. Uh, either one person asked the question, or it's because it's going to take an entire sermon to, to get it, or we've already preached on it before. Uh, so some of these questions that you've asked, I've got a pick of some sermons, guys, again, on YouTube. I showed this last week, but we've got a few more. Some of y'all are asking, like, how do I know God's speaking to me? If you can go check out those two sermons, that'll help you there. If you go to the next one, Nick. Uh, somebody was asking about forgiveness. I had some people asking about divorce. Those are two sermons there that we've preached on. Uh, had somebody ask about homosexuality. This is a sermon that I preached a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, that I really believe hit the topic and hit it very, very well biblically. Uh, and then it's never that bad, which was suicide. I had some people ask about suicide. Guys, if you get a chance, go check those out. That should help you with those questions. If you still have questions, do not hesitate to reach out to me uh, or the leadership here at the church, okay? We're going to move along to what we're going to talk about today. 
Uh, like last week, we're going to start with a very, very, very touchy subject. And it's something I don't like to talk about, just like I don't like to talk about money, like we talked about last week. I don't like to talk about politics. And today, we're going to talk about how every Christian should vote. Okay. Now, with the election day coming up on Tuesday, I felt like this was the perfect time to talk on this subject. Oh, I got so much run through my head. Number one, let me just make this point. Number one, most important, go vote. Go vote. Guys, do y'all know how many men and women have died for you to have that right? It is a slap in the face to our men and women that have fought for this country if you don't go vote. Go vote. It's the least you can do, okay? Just make sure you at least get that part done, okay? That's, that's most important. A lot of people say that we should never talk about politics in the church, and I agree 110%. You see, politics today, it's a very corrupt uh, very corrupted organizations, okay? That's, that's what I feel like politics. I feel like that's what that is, and I refuse to bring in corruption into this church. I refuse to do that. But what I will talk about is I'll talk about the truth. I'll talk about biblical facts, biblical scripture, when it comes to who you should vote for. And that's what we're going to discuss today. I want to answer this question today, and I'm going to tell you guys, at the end of the day, I need you to understand this. Today, we're going to figure out how a Christian should vote, but if you'll hear me out, when you walk out those doors today, you're not going to walk out as a Democrat or a Republican. The goal is that we walk out as a united church. That's the goal. So no matter how you feel about blue or red, right now, I need you to put those personal issues and personal thoughts aside. We're going to talk scripture. Once you hear scripture, that should help you make your decision. If you come to me tomorrow, guys, I just want to stress this point. If you came to me tomorrow and you were having a trouble or if you were having trouble or a problem in your life, whether it be uh, with another individual, whether it be with your finances, your marriage, I'm going to go to this book, and I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you your answers. Bless you. From this book. It's no different today. You're coming to me today, how a Christian should vote. I'm going to go straight to Scripture the entire time. A lot of you may be wondering which team I support, who I'm going to endorse today. Again, guys, I, I, I don't endorse anything but Jesus Christ. I'm not on team blue and I'm not on team red. I'm on team Jesus. I really need y'all to get this point before I continue on because I have no doubt some toes are probably going to get stepped on today. We have too many Christians today going all in on a party when they need to be going all in on God. Guys, don't ever go all in as a Democrat or Republican. 
go all in as an independent Christian. That's what I am. When people ask me, Micah, are you Democrat or are you Republican? I say, neither. I'm a Christian. I'm an independent Christian. That's what I am. That's how I vote. Everything that I vote on, I'm fixing to show y'all how God showed me how we should vote for the leaders of our community, our towns, our states, and our country. This whole outline, I think, will really help you guys from here forward. What is an independent Christian? An independent Christian is someone that doesn't allow a party, a political agenda, or a news outlet to persuade them on how to vote. Guys, be careful about your news you're watching. Be very careful. A lot of fake news out there. We talked about this when we talked about social media a few weeks back. It's just as bad on that television, I assure you. Be very careful. An independent Christian doesn't care about the battle between right and left. We care about the battle being, that's going on north and south, between heaven and hell. Independent Christian prays about their overall voting decision. An independent Christian opens their minds and hearts to others' beliefs and opinions. Guys, don't be so dang stubborn that you won't listen to somebody else speak. The word tells us, slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. Now, you may not agree with what they have to say to you, but listen, just give them a second. The problem that we have today in our country, and, and, and I, I, it's the problem. It's the problem in Washington, D.C. It's the problem in Austin, Texas. We've got too many people that have so much pride and so many opinions swaying one way or the other that they won't shut up long enough to listen to one person give their thoughts. Pride is the beginning of all destruction, Christian warriors. And I'm going to be brutally honest with you. This country's falling apart. When you see destruction, you will find pride every single time. It's not hard to find, guys. An independent Christian is not committed to a party. They are committed to God. An independent Christian goes by the biblical principles of what God expects out of the leaders that he places in authority. So what are these principles? There's three biblical principles we're going to go over. The first one is vote for the person who will seek to further God's will on earth. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is in the Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus speaking. This is in red. Jesus directed his followers to pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. No one who follows Jesus should knowingly vote for anyone who stands for values, actions, or goals that directly oppose God's will. In fact, we should cast our vote for someone who has clearly stated goals and activities that align with God's will, period. Second principle, vote for the person who will work to secure religious freedom in our country. Let's go look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. 
pray in this way for kings and all others who are in authority over us or are in places of high responsibility so that we can live in peace and quietness, spending our time in godly living and thinking much about the Lord. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. Paul told Timothy to pray for those in authority in order that Christians may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Christians must vote for leaders who will provide a government that allows Christians to openly, to openly, to openly live out their faith. Guys, we've come to a point in our country where it's hard to do that sometimes. It's hard to do that in certain places. If any of you have a kid in high school, I'd like you to ask them if they walked into that school tomorrow on Monday and started preaching the word, how would they be treated? Ask your kids that. Guys, and we live in Texas and southern Arkansas. Bible Belt, right? Guys, it's, it's, it's become a problem in our schools. And I want to praise, and I'm not going to call her out, but we have a teacher in this room that has put a Bible study together in her class. And that thing's packed every single week. Carrie, thank you. I'm sorry I said I wasn't going to call you out, but I love you. We need more of that in our schools, guys. We need a lot more of that in our schools. God, I love when we've got teachers that step up and have the courage to do that. God bless you, Carrie. It's easy to talk a godly game. Oh, I'm sorry. Third, third point. Vote for the person who displays godly character and values. Okay, so it's easy to talk a godly game. People can say anything they think the voter wants to hear. The proof is in their behavior. What kind of character does the Bible say our leaders should have? I want you all to check this scripture out. Now, I'm getting to the point that's very, very important, okay? I've been babbling a lot. Romans chapter 13, verse 4. This is important. Grab this, okay? For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an average uh, excuse me, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Now, I want you to pay attention to these two words, well, the same word, but minister and minister, right? He keeps saying minister, okay? The word minister means pastor or overseer. So God expects our leaders to have the same characteristics of a pastor, He's talking about leaders here, guys. That's what he's talking about. People that God has appointed and anointed into a position, he expects them to have the same characteristics of a minister or a pastor or an overseer. Now, some of y'all are like, you have to have characteristics to be a pastor? <laughs> Dang right you do. Supposed <laughs> to. I want to look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. This breaks down these characteristics to you guys. It's a lot of reading, and I know that's very small print, so I'll read 
Uh, it's supposed to say this saying is trustworthy. Sorry, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble work. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, an able teacher, not addicted to wine, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy, one who manages his own household completely, having his children under control with all dignity. I love my kids. Verse 5. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new covenant, uh, or he might become conceited and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Furthermore, guys, when the Bible says furthermore, that means perk your ears up and listen. Something important, okay? He must have a good reputation amongst outsiders so that he does not fall into the disgrace and the devil's trap. How many politicians do we know have fallen into the devil's trap? Why do you think? Furthermore, furthermore, don't fall into the devil's trap. There are 14 characteristics that are listed here, guys. We're going to look at the first seven. You can pull those up for me. Above reproach, okay? This means do not bring shame upon the church. That's what above reproach means when you're talking about a pastor. So when we're talking about a leader that you're voting for, it should not be someone that has brought shame up on his country, his state, his town, whatever it is that you're voting for. Okay? Husband of one wife, that's pretty simple. You know, first of all, I don't know why any man wants more than one wife. That's, that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Now, I will say this. I just want to point this out real quick. Some people talk about this for a pastor, and they say, well, wait a minute. What if they've been married before, their wife passes away, and they marry another one? That's okay, guys. you got to remember back in the day, there were a lot of men that did have a lot of wives, okay? But as a pastor, if you were going to be an overseer of a church, you only should have one wife. And I know why, and again, it's because it's too much headache with more than one, okay? Self-control, guys, you know, I think that kind of explains itself, but the ability to control one's emotions. The ability to control one's emotions. Guys, if y'all see some politician that's ranting and raving, don't vote for them. They can't control their own emotions. God wants you to have someone in place that can control that. Sensible, hmm. having good sense. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Golly, I swear. Y'all laughing. I ain't talking about one individual here. I'm talking about a bunch of politicians. Like, just good sense. It's just common sense. Amen, right? You dang straight. Sensible. That, that's having good sense. Respectable, honest, honorable, and trustworthy. Men, I'm going to ask you a question right now. This is a good way that you can figure out if you want to vote for a politician or not. 
Let's say it's a man. He's supposed to be trustworthy. Would you trust him with your family? Would you trust him with your wife? If not, don't vote for him. Women, would you trust that individual to come into your home and take over if something ever happened to your husband? I'm serious, guys. Like, it needs to be that serious. Like, that's what you got to look at. And I know some of you are like, well, Micah, I don't know this politician that well. Do your homework. Don't just show up on Tuesday and vote. Do your dadgum homework, guys. Check into their history. Check into their voters' history. Check and see what they have fought for in the past. That'll tell you real quick if you can trust that politician or not. I keep saying politician. Number one, I need you to understand, so I'm never voting for a politician. I'm not. I'm not. I'm voting for the man or the woman that's running. If they're a politician, I'm not voting for them. I'm sorry, I'm not. I want somebody that I know is going to stand firm See, a politician to me, that word has been corrupted so bad because to me, a politician is somebody that can be persuaded. I want somebody that's going to stand firm. Even if they're wrong, at least they'll stand firm on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't waver back and forth and, and just do what's going to make people happy and what's going to make the most money. That frustrates me more than anything. Hospitable. That'd be friendly, sociable, and welcoming. Able to teach. They have the skills to teach others. Now I want to look at the next seven. Not addicted to wine. If they're a drunkard, you don't need to vote for them. If there's videos of them on social media and they're out getting wasted and dancing on pool tables, don't vote for them. That one's pretty simple, right? Okay. Not a bully, but gentle. I need you all to understand something. There's a difference in being a bully and being bold. I actually appreciate, again, like I said earlier, politicians that will stand firm, that will stand firm in their beliefs. If they're trying to bully you into a decision, that's the last thing we need running this country, running this state, or running our town. I've got no time for a bully. Let me ask you all this. Did Jesus bully people into believing in him? How did he persuade people into, in, into believing in him? With love. With love. Do all things through love. Look for that in the people that you vote for. Not quarrelsome. Not argumentative or confrontational. Not greedy. The one I look at here is that they don't vote for what's going to make them the most money or what's going to make somebody else the most money. I don't give a darn about that. One who manages his own household. Okay, well. Mm. We got a lot of people right now in leadership that it's pretty obvious that they can't manage their household, let alone themselves. If you don't know much about the person you're voting for, go look at their family history. Go see what their kids have been up to, their grandkids. Go check that out. 
Serious. You'd be shocked. I've done that before. I remember one time there was a certain person that was running for a political office, and, man, they looked great on the outside. They checked off all the boxes, and then I went to look and see what their kids had been up to and their past and stuff like that, and it's pretty dang rough. And God reminded me of, I want you to vote for somebody that can manage their household. That might be a little stern on some people, but, I'm, guys, I'm, this is what God is looking for in leaders. Don't you want your leaders to be as close to what God wants as possible? Must not be of a new covenant. In other words, they shouldn't be a brand new Christian. They need to have a, they need to be a seasoned Christian. They need to have some walk experience. Reputation with outsiders. If I know that there's somebody in one party that has a good reputation, not just with their party, but also the other party, I'm going to really look into them. They're probably a peacemaker. We need more of that. But don't vote for somebody, guys, that has a bad reputation in his own party or her own party. You feel me? That's one way I look at that. Hopefully, by looking at this, guys, this can help you guys vote this coming Tuesday and from here forward in the future. But I need y'all to catch something real fast again, and I talk about this constantly. Guys, don't vote for blue or red. Don't vote for liberal or conservative. Don't vote for Democrat or Republican. You vote for who God puts on your heart, what he shows you, the person that he puts in front of you, that when you do your homework, you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, God, you're showing me something here and he's showing you that this individual fits these characteristics. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. Are you gonna find somebody's gonna fit all these characteristics? Probably not. If you do, you definitely need to vote for them. So my suggestion is, is be as simple as an elementary list where you're listing this out and let's see who matches this up and who matches this up and whichever one has the most, I'd vote that direction. I seem to do that and it seems to work. They don't always win. And I need you to understand that, guys. A lot of times, the good ones ain't going to win. They're not. But I want to finish with saying this. There's a lot of people that talk about how bad our country is and what's going on in our country and so forth. There's two things I want to point out. Number one, I'm a proud American. I'm proud to live in this country. And yeah, it might be struggling. But I still love living here, and I'm still going to fight for my country. And then number two, yes, do I think that there is destruction and corruption and all of that going on in our political offices today? Yeah, I think it is. I think on both sides it is. But I'll say this. I have a feeling, and again, this is a complete feeling, and I don't like to talk about my feelings or opinions or anything of that nature I have a feeling that God is fixing to inject himself into our country in a major way. But he can't do it without the backing of the church. Go vote, guys. Don't come to me and argue about somebody that got elected and you didn't go vote. Go vote. That's what's most important. Amen? And remember, God's always in control regardless of who's in the seat at the White House or at the Capitol or wherever else you're voting for.